This podcast is a production of Phoenix Media. Explore more episodes of this show and other great shows on the Phoenix Media Podcast Network by visiting phoenixmedia.us. The views expressed do not necessarily represent those of the company or its advertisers and may contain language that's unsuitable for younger listeners. And welcome to another brand new episode of the Proton Pack Podcast, episode 72. I'm Chris, and with me always is the Waluigi to my Wario, Tony. Say hey, Tone. <laughs> I'm a Wario. I'm a gonna win. What's up? Another episode. I think episode 72? It is 72. 72. Yeah, 72. Inching our way to that 100 mark, but, uh, you know, we're, we're getting there and, you know, we're staying consistent, putting these out each and every week for you guys. Today's episode is a little bit of a special episode in that we will be covering what happened at last week's E3 conference. So it's going to be video game heavy, but we will talk a little box office report. We will have a trailer of the week. But in the meantime, folks, if you want to find us online, head over to Facebook or uh, Instagram. Just look up Proton Pack Podcast. Or if you want to watch this and other great Phoenix media shows from the comfort of your own home or on your mobile device, just download the NGBN.TV app on your streaming television or your mobile device. You can find this, the show that we do every morning, the Christian Phoenix Radio Show, and other great pop culture media shows as well. Now, something that... Something that we've been doing at the top of each show is a review, whether it's a review of a movie, an ongoing series. And of course, you know, last Wednesday, we got a drop of Loki episode two. Obviously, episode three drops tomorrow on a Wednesday. But I figured we'd go ahead and review episode two because there were some huge things that happened, including the reveal of earmuffs. If you haven't uh, watched it already, spoiler alert, Lady Loki and uh I don't know about you, Tone, but Lady Loki uh, looked a little bit different than I expected. I expected she would be a full-on like analog of what Loki is with the long, dark hair. This one's blonde, but uh, she, in this episode, basically set in motion what's going to result in what I expect to be the multiverse. And uh, great episode. I love the fact that Marvel series sort of take a concept to their films and their TV shows as far as, you know, uh, cinematic concepts. This one is very much like a true crime story. Think like True Detective on HBO, you know, where Loki's recruited. He's a detective trying to help the uh, TVA, you know, track down this variant Loki and other other, you know, variants as well. But uh, great concept. It's fun. It's entertaining. The dynamic between Owen Wilson and uh, Tom Hiddleston is fantastic. And then the introduction of you know Lady Loki, and of course you know the different people that she takes on, including Randy. Um, you know is interesting before the final reveal. Uh, I'm still enjoying the hell out of the show. I'm so excited to see where it goes. We've only got four episodes left. But Tony, what's your take on episode two? 
Uh, episode two was fantastic. Um, watched it twice, caught more the second time around. Uh, we talked at the end where all the uh, the time uh, little portals transferred to um, where we talked about. Oh, and you were like, oh, did you see it was going to Ego, uh, Vormir and and all those? I'm like, no, I noticed Thornton. Thornton USA. And, uh, and then, <laughs> but then after that, I did, I send you that picture and, um, of all the different places that it's going to. And, um, of course now I can't load it up, but there's a lot of places like it's going to ego. It's going back to uh, Hala. a lot of places in the timeline. Most recently, um, I'm excited to see where that goes. Lady Loki. Um, I like the whole fact that she was transferring into people, Thought that was a neat aspect um, <clears throat> where it was Randy at Rocksmart, which yeah. <laughs> what a what a crummy ass department store in the year twenty fifty, you know. Yeah. Rocksmart's Rocksmart. version of uh, Walmart. Yeah. So, uh, but overall, you know, great episode. I love that Tom Hiddleston. You just don't know is he being the hero, the anti-hero. because he's like, well, if it were me, this is a trap, and I would do this, and they're like. No, nah, there's nobody out there. My ears are sharp too. Like <laughs> I, I really enjoyed the dynamic with Owen Wilson and him, and and I love that they're playing with the concept of time. You know, it opens up, and you think that they're back in the Renaissance, and then they reveal that it's a Ren Fair in 1985, where yeah. guys are standing around holding the red solo cups, and you know, obviously that's where Lady Loki makes her move uh, to initiate the episode, but. Uh, you know, it, it definitely plays with what we know as far as the timeline goes, the diverging timelines, and uh, it's going to be crazy to see where this sets up what the next couple phases of the Marvel, Marvel Cinematic Universe are going to be. Right. I really enjoy it. Uh, some say that Lady Loki reveal was probably a little too soon, but I think it was fine. Um I, I think a lot of the previews for episode three is going to be more of the the stuff you've seen, like the one where it looks like it's Black Widow, but I it, I think that's going to be Lady Loki sitting there. Yeah. And there's more of an in-depth conversation. Because now, who knows, with, with all the stones, you can reset a lot of stuff. You can bring back a lot of characters. You can do a lot of things. It can make your head melt <laughs> trying <laughs> to think about what you can do. But you know what? Unlike WandaVision, where I was trying to guess what was going to happen every week, I'm just going to enjoy it. And uh, it's a damn good show. Very enjoyable. If you guys are not watching, what the heck are you doing? Check it out. Wednesdays on Disney+. Plus. Get it. And I get the sense that the reveal of Lady Loki now will basically make her not the main antagonist. She will end up being maybe a good guy. And, uh, you know, the TVA and the timekeepers could be the ultimate uh, antagonist. You know, the main bad guys for this setting up, you know, the new MCU Big Bad, which a lot of people seem to think is Kang the Conqueror. Um, And he may even be that central timekeeper, um, uh, you know, if you watch the show. Yeah, it's a fantastic show. Can't wait to see where it goes. And shoot, we got Black Widow in just a couple of weeks. So the MCU's full rolling in here in 2021, which is great. So now we're getting to reap the rewards of all the delays we had to go through last year. It was just, it was, what a long year. <laughs> exactly. Well, what won't be long is our upcoming commercial break. When yep. we come back, we're going to be talking uh, E3, E3 Expo video games. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Ooh, yeah. Oh! 
process. Ooh, yeah, let me tell you something right here. Uh -huh. It's the Loot Crate subscription box, yeah, full of exclusive loot on surprises delivered to your door every month. Just pick up your favorite geeky genre, daddy. <laughs> From the original Loot Crate, the Loot Crate DX collectible boxes, dude. Cowabunga! To the Loot Gaming video game box. Woohoo! Wowzers! With crates starting as large as $11.99 per month, those are backs just about for all collectors. To get your geek on, head over to phoenixmedia.us forward slash loot crate and claim your exclusive offer. That's F-E-N-I-X media.us forward slash loot crate. Great Scott! Snap into a loot crate, it. Welcome back, folks, to the Proton Pack Podcast. We just finished up with our review of Loki Episode 2. And as I mentioned at the top of the show, this is going to, going to be an E3-heavy episode. But there are still some things that we like to handle each and every week, including our weekend box office report. Well, some R-rated action was the main attraction at the box office this weekend as the Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard opened in first place with an estimated $11.7 million. Uh, domestic total of $17 million so far uh, as of uh, since it opened on a Wednesday. I uh, haven't had a chance to see it myself yet. Uh, I did go back and watch, uh, you had downloaded Voodoo, uh, uh, the Hitman's Bodyguard, the first yeah. one. We rewatched that. Have you had a chance to watch that yet, Tone? No, not yet. No, I got it was on sale for like five bucks or something like that. So I bought it. You got to watch it. So good. Yeah. So funny. And uh, this is something I would love to see in theaters, but uh, <clears throat> maybe a little while before I have a chance to do so, considering I'm seeing the boys this weekend. And yeah, you got a lot coming up. So, yeah, it's definitely uh, looks good, though. It definitely looks funny. The first one looked funny, too. So. <laughs> Oh, and then skulking back down to second place was the PG-13 horror thriller A Quiet Place Part 2, brought in another $9.4 million, bringing its domestic total to $125.2 million, worldwide $222 million. I'd say it's doing very well, and we know that. Very well. It's the, uh, it's the big one, yeah. That was the yep. big one so far this summer. <laughs> in third place was the PG-rated comedy Peter Rabbit 2, The Runaway, with $6.1 million, uh, bringing its domestic total to 20.3, worldwide 90.8, which I'm sure is very disappointing to them, considering it is a kid's movie, which typically dominates the box office. Yep. Well, according to my niece, Annabella, it was, it was good, but she slept through it. Um, <laughs> the parts she saw were good. The parts she saw was good, yeah. And but Mike said not as good as the original. So okay, all right. And so there's you guys. If you guys go see it, it's fifty uh, fifty. I'd probably wait for it to be on demand or something. Exactly. Theater, if you can watch it. Yeah. Uh, in fourth place was the R-rated supernatural thriller, The Conjuring. The Devil Made Me Do It brought another five point one five million domestic total, fifty three point six worldwide, one forty two point seven. Of course, you can still see it on HBO Max, I think, until July 4th. And then and, they take uh, it off. Yeah. And we talked about last week. It you're better okay. off watching it on HBO Max. Yeah. Wasn't as good as the first two. But if you want a, a decent enough scare, sure, go to the theaters. Yeah. It's all right. One of the worst thing I've seen. 
Yeah. And then in fifth place was Disney's live action prequel, Cruella, brought another 5.1 million. Uh, let's see, domestic total, 64.7. Worldwide, 160 million. Of course, it's still available on Disney Plus uh, Premier Access for $30. And uh, they're making a ton of money on that one. Hand over fist. They're making a sequel to the prequel as well. But, uh, you know, apparently, according to Tony, it was actually pretty uh, yeah. fun to watch. It was a surprisingly good movie. Worth. <laughs> Well, I would see it in theaters, man. It was good. Okay. I don't know if I paid the thirty bucks premium. No, no. Not unless you got to keep it. If you got to keep it, sure. But I'd almost, you know, it'll be available for streaming here in about four or five months. So exactly. Nah, but go see it in theaters if you can. It's good. Yeah. Rounding out the top ten in sixth place, you had In the Heights with four point two million. <laughs> that thing is just the thing is spiraling down the list. In yep. the Heights, <laughs> number six. Seventh place was Speared Untamed with another $1.6 million. In eighth place was a movie I've never heard of, 12 Mighty Orphans with 870000 It's a movie about orphans that become Mighty Morphin. And eventually mighty Morphin Orphans? Yeah, Mighty Morphin Orphans. They're kids left on the streets. In ninth place, The House Next Door, Meet the Blacks 2 with 585000 Again, not familiar with it. Never even met the Blacks the first time. So I guess kind of hard to meet him again. And then finally in the top 10 was the uh, terrible guy, Richie, Jason, Jason Statham movie, Wrath of Man with 400. You make me never, ever wanted to watch that, ever. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. And then, of course, opening this weekend, we're all looking forward to Fast 9, F9, <laughs> Fast and Furious 9, whatever you want to call it. But uh, it is over-the-top fun oh. action. And uh, You see what's going up against it? <laughs> the ice road. <laughs> take it, taking 10. Taking 10, exactly. <laughs> I'm coming for the road. I'm going to get revenge on you. Ice truckers. <laughs> I, may take, I may take the boys to see Fast 9. Definitely not the ice road, though. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be taking the ice road. I've seen Taken 1, 2, 3, and I'm good, man. I've tried to see his other movies, and they're just... This is the same, dude. I'm good. Exactly. I'm good. I thought he was retired from action. Apparently not, but that's the way it goes. Yeah, I swear. No, the money calls up the ice road. <laughs> well, f- folks, that rounds out the weekend. Box. I know. Words are hard <laughs> to dance. Not even <laughs> So before we get into yeah. the E3, let's run down just a little bit of movie news with our trailer of the week. And here we go. Are you the key master? Laugh it up. Fuzzball. We came, we saw, we kicked it down. This baby hits 88 miles per hour. They're going to see some serious shit. Whoa. You're so rude, Dr. Brown. He said a bad word. (laughs) He said a dirty word. Yeah, he did. He said a very bad word. (laughs) I don't give a shit. So this week's trailer of the week is a movie that uh, it's actually the second trailer that was released. It's getting ready to drop on the streaming service Amazon Prime, but we haven't really discussed it yet. So I wanted to uh, cover it, take a look, and that uh, we can all enjoy it to, uh, together before it comes out in a couple weeks. This is the trailer for the Tomorrow Ice Road. <laughs> I wonder where this is coming out on. Buff Santa Claus. (laughs) Dad, I need your help. I'll get my coat. Big Star-Lord. 
30 years in the future. We are fighting a war. Our enemy is not human, and we are losing. We need you to fight. I will be back. And I love you, Chickpea. With my raptors. Seven days from now. Owen! <laughs> we'll be fighting for your country. We'll be fighting for the world. You all right? Yeah. Going to war. Stop talking. Listen. Sorry, I, I mean, when I'm nervous, I talk. I'm like 90, 97 on the nervous scale. That should be fun. Welcome to the future. You and your unit are now in 2051. They're everywhere. We are food and they are hungry. Our enemy is smarter. Faster. Stronger? Stronger than you can possibly imagine. Oh, you, it's, it's like you've seen this before. Do you want to see something really dangerous? I feel like literally that's all I've been doing since I got here, but okay. Oh, Within the next few weeks, the human species won't disappear from the face of the earth. Nothing we do here matters. Last we were I don't believe that one bit. Together, we can stop this war from ever happening. This is my opportunity to give this world a second chance. Second chances are really hard to come by. I'm not gonna hide. I'm gonna fight. It's not even loaded. Yeah, well, yeah, it's not loaded. It's a pressurized cabin. Why would I load it in the cabin? A bullet goes in thing and everybody sucked out. Not gonna lie. That's cool. Yeah, I think I'd rather see it in theaters than on. That's uh, that's what I would say. That's kind of a waste uh, to be in theaters. I mean, it's kind of like Luca just came out on uh, Disney Plus, and not even for a premium. They should have put Luca in the theater, um, and they should have put this in the theater, giving you more reasons to go. They could have also offered this as streaming options, but uh, yeah, I would have seen that in theaters. It, it looks it looks very cool. The aliens look a little cheesy, but the movie looks. Like it would be really fun to see in theaters, it's kind of give you the old Independence Day feel going into the 4th of July. I mean, come on. If Ice Road Trucker or whatever the hell that movie is, <laughs> Liam Neeson can, could come out. Why not, man? And it's nice to see an original science fiction idea, something that hasn't been rehashed over and over and over again, something that's not a sequel, a prequel, a reboot, whatever yeah. it may be. So, uh, that's, that's a huge draw. I'm surprised they didn't. Go with exactly. it. I bet. I bet that could have been a real good one to see. Um, are they going to release it at all in theaters? Like one of those, those limited runs, kind of like a uh, like they did with uh, the zombie one that came out uh, Army of the back Dead. in May. Army of the Dead. Yeah, where it did like a one run or a week or two run there. Yeah, my guess is they'll probably do a uh, limited run to be considered for you know certain awards. But uh, you know, if you're not in a major market. You may not see it. With that right. being said, you know, well, yep, we're going to go into our break. When we come back, we've got nothing but video game and E3 coverage. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Hey, 
Welcome back, folks, to the Proton Pack Podcast. We just finished up, oh, the box office report for the weekend. Looking forward to this weekend's box office. And, of course, the trailer of the week, which is The Tomorrow War, comes out on July 2nd on Amazon Prime Video. Looks fantastic. As promised, we are covering in the next two segments full coverage because it wasn't a huge show. Uh, Somewhat disappointing, but, uh, you know, it was purely online. We are talking about the E3 Expo 2021, which, again, purely online, not in person, but there are still some fun things to cover here in video game news. Hey, man, you want to play some video games? So the turnout in this year's E3 was more based on the manufacturers and the distributors as opposed to the uh, the big names, the consoles, the you know themselves. But probably one of the biggest showings was Ubisoft, which uh, you wouldn't expect. They had day one and uh, with a um, feature they called Ubisoft Forward. That's where all their reveals were, including a first look at. Avatar Frontiers of Pandora. And we're not talking Avatar The Last Airbender. This is Avatar from uh, the James Cameron movie. We're getting, you know, obviously parts two, three, and I think four as well. But in the meantime, there is a video game and uh, a trailer, which we'll post up on there as well. The title, Avatar Frontiers of Pandora, planned for a 2022 launch, and it's hitting just about everything except for Nintendo, PC, PlayStation 5, Xbox Series X, Amazon Luna, and Google Stadia. Tony, have you watched the trailer? Uh, any thoughts on that game? I uh, haven't seen the trailer for it, no. I uh, I saw stills of it, and it, it looks cool. I think if you're a fan of it, um, let's see, it's uh, clicked on the, uh, the picture here. The graphics look like they're going to be good. Um, I don't know. I don't know if that's a game I'd really want to play. So, okay. all right, fair enough. And there's so many games coming out that you know, dropping sixty bucks on a game, you got to sort of pick and choose what you want. Now, this one might be one worth picking up. I heard the first one was fantastic, and if you're an old school gamer and loved uh, Mario RPG, well, Mario plus Rabid Spark of Hope was officially announced. It serves as a sequel to the popular turn-based strategy game Mario plus Rabbit's Kingdom Battle an unexpected but charming collaboration between Nintendo and Ubisoft featuring characters from the Super Mario and Rabbids series. Did you play the original tone at all? I actually have it on the Switch. I got it for, it was like a Black Friday deal for like 14 bucks. Hey, nice. So I picked it up and it's fun. It's definitely different. It's not Mario game, but it has the Mario characters in there. Um, Wish they would have put Rayman in there since Rayman started with the rabbits, but there's no Rayman. The rabbits dress up like uh, Luigi and the princess and other characters. This one looks really cool because it's uh, it looks like it ties to the uh, Mario Galaxy series because they have the little the little Luma stars. The graphics look better. And surprisingly, surprisingly, the gameplay is pretty good. They have even DLC content that adds Donkey Kong and stuff to it. I haven't played that version, but uh, with this know. one, maybe you'll get a uh, Rayman DLC. That would be cool. Maybe, yeah. Well, it is Ubisoft, and they are big on their DLC stuff. Yeah, or their expansion packs and all that other wonderful. Well, speaking things. of which, that brings us to our next one—a uh, game that's always interested me, but I've never picked up. Far Cry Six. 
Ubisoft announced a Far Cry 6 DLC season pass, which will allow people to play as villains from the previous games in the series. The season pass will also include Far Cry 3 Blood Dragon. Again, looks interesting, but I just don't have enough time for these big open world games. <laughs> no. I, I haven't played a single Far Cry. I heard Far Cry 5 was awesome. Denny played the heck out of it, said it was a great game, loved it. So, you know, there are fans of the series, and I think this is cool. If yeah, if you followed them in the previous five entries and you could play as all the villains, I, it sounds cool, but I've never played a Far Cry. So for me personally, it doesn't do anything. There's no excitement behind it for me to pump it out. But, uh, you know, but for fans of the series, that's awesome news. Yeah. And speaking of Denny, I know uh, one game that he was really looking forward to before it came out says alongside updates on the second year of the post-launch support, Assassin's Creed Valhalla is also getting a new DLC called The Siege of Paris, which will feature Eivor as they lead their band of Vikings on an attack on the French capital. The Siege of Paris DLC will launch sometime this summer. Has he given you feedback on what he thinks of Valhalla and uh, the gameplay, the graphics, all of that stuff? No, I actually, I picked it up uh, when I had COVID and I was stuck at home. So I picked it up and I played it for a little bit. And uh, it's like all the other Assassin's Creed game. Like, there is much difference to it. The graphics are insanely great. Um, you get to play a Viking and you can pillage and, you know, but again, it's one of those big open world games that you got to have time and put. It's not just a straightforward, like, this is where you start. This is your mission. This is where you got to get to. Like it's pretty open. You can get in your Viking ship, go to a different island, burn pillage, jump in. <laughs> so there's a lot going on to it. But uh, you know, fans of the Assassin's Creed, and uh, if you're a fan of Vikings in general, they'll love the game. I I can't rave how great the graphics are in it. It's fantastic, cool. graphically great game, controls well. Um, but you gotta have time. Yep. So if you don't have time, like myself, it's hard to get into it. But uh, overall. Great game, though. And that's the thing. There's so many open world games I would love to have time to play. This one, Spider-Man Miles Morales, but I just don't. So, you know, unfortunately, I don't pick it up. <laughs> You're right. Yeah, yeah, it looks cool, but I'm good. Moving on with the next Ubisoft uh, announcement. This one would have been perfect for the quarantine. Of course, now we're getting out a little bit. But Just Dance 2022 is launching on November 4th with 40 new songs, including an exclusive version of Todrick Hall's Nails, Hair, Hips, and Heels. Don't know who that is or what that song is, but uh, it's a way to get up and dance and about uh, not my cup of tea as far as those types no. of games, but, you know. Great, great for parties. You know, awesome when it came out for the kids and it was neat. It was different, but you know, like the uh, guitar heroes and the rock bands of the world oversaturate and kind of overstay their welcome. So yeah, I'd rather pick up Rocksmith Plus and learn how to play an actual instrument than just dance. Exactly. All right. And then finally here on the Ubisoft announcements, uh, Rainbow Six Siege is getting cross-play and cross-progression soon. Ubisoft revealed more about its plans to bring cross-play and cross-progression to Rainbow Six Siege. Cross-play is planned to start on June 30th and will be between PC, Google Stadia, and Amazon Luna, with other platforms coming in early 22. Cross-progression is also coming sometime in early 2022 as well. I foresee we're going to see a lot more games with uh, you know this cross-play between uh, uh, systems and consoles and things, and it, it just makes sense. 
It's awesome. Yeah. It saves, you know, then people have their true choice of what they want, what they, they don't have to get every system. Cause that is kind of tough. If you like in the last gen, cause I don't have any of the new gen ones, but it's like, if you wanted to play call of duty, you would get it for your PlayStation four and you get it for your Xbox one X. And that way you can play with your Xbox friends. You can play with your PlayStation friends. Now, if you just pick the platform you want to play on, and then you could just go online and play against all your people. Um, it is good. It does put a lot more people on the server and stuff. So sometimes you do run into a lot more cheaters and things like that. But <laughs> uh, but the Rainbow Six games, I never they graphically always looked awesome. They always looked like a lot of fun to play. That's and everyone I've picked games, up, though. they're they're not that great. Like you're really used to not. the fluidity of uh, of a Call, Call of Duty, Duty. Yeah. and they're they're similar, but just something off about them like i try to get into the splinter cell games because they looked so cool and all those but every time i've picked one up i've been rather just like i'm good <laughs> and then uh, we'll move from ubisoft to day two where uh, xbox and bethesda games uh, did their announcements not a bunch of huge announcements but i think the biggest thing was that uh, they started showing off more of starfield and confirming both a November 11, 2022 release date, and that it will be an Xbox exclusive. During the E3 presentation, Bethesda's Todd Howard said the Starfield is about hope and the shared humanity we all share. This new game will also be the first on Bethesda's Creation Engine 2, which promises improved graphical fidelity and other improvements. I don't know if you watched the uh, release trailer yet, Tony, but uh, it looks beautiful. Um, you know, and Xbox exclusives have usually been fantastic games everything from uh halo to um uh, what was the most recent one uh, destiny and then it uh, looks like this is going to be sort of the next one picking that up yeah it looks beautiful it's open world rpg game i probably won't pick it up or play because rpgs are just too time consuming too for me yeah. <laughs> yeah, so so i typically don't pick those up as cool as they look but yeah yeah and if you're a fan of the classic Xbox games. Well, Halo Infinite, uh, their multiplayer and campaign have been confirmed for holiday 2021. In addition to seeing a bit more of the campaign, we were also treated to the first footage of the game's multiplayer. Um, I haven't played it yet. Obviously, I don't own an Xbox. I've got the PlayStation at this point in time. But uh, have you played Infinite yet? No, I have not. It looks awesome. The fact that the multiplayer will be free whether you have the game or not. Xbox is crazy with what they've done with Game Pass and everything. There's so many games to play, and it's a great service. I really enjoy what they're doing with it. They put a lot of the new games on there. Like uh, a month or two ago was MLB The Show, which is a PlayStation was a PlayStation exclusive. And right. if you have the Game Pass, it's just there. So <laughs> I've played it, and it's awesome. Uh <laughs> There's a this other game. I don't know. Um, I'm sure you'll cover it. So when you do, I'll talk about it. But uh, most of these games they talk about here uh, are games that pop up. Like right now, you can play all the Halos on the Game Pass. You don't even have to go buy them. So awesome, you know? Yeah. yeah. And, uh, you know, we only have a minute left. So I'm going to run down some of the announcements from Xbox and Bethesda. Real quick, for instance, uh, Forza, 5, uh, Forza Horizon 5 is set to come out November 9th, 2021, taking things to Mexico. They've got a game called Redfall, which is a vampire shooter. 
Looks interesting. Uh, Diablo 2 Resurrected for fans of Diablo. Stalker 2, um, not familiar with Stalker in the first place. Mm. Back for Blood, again, not familiar with that. The Outer Worlds 2, um, I understand the original was fantastic for that system. Uh, Pirates of the Caribbean, Sea of Thieves, eh, kind of looks cheesy uh, based on the graphic capabilities. Uh, you it does. Like I, I like that one. It looks cool <laughs> to me. Uh, Battlefield 2042. Again, if you're a fan of the first person, uh, um, you know, war shooters. And then uh, really looking through, the only one that really kind of stands out to me would be uh, Doom Eternal coming to the Xbox yes. Game Pass, uh, which obviously, if you already have it, great, great addition. Absolutely. Again, if you have the Xbox, get the Game Pass. Totally worth it. So, All right. You know what else is worth it? Sticking with us through the commercial break, because when we come back, we've got more E3 coverage. Don't go anywhere. See you guys in a few. Oh, and welcome back, folks, to the final segment of this episode of the Proton Pack podcast. It is our E3 exclusive talking about the games and the video game systems. Well, no systems were actually announced, but, uh, you know, it is one of those things that, uh, you know, you're always looking forward to what is next on the horizon, uh, even though I think they're going to save most of it for next year when it's back and in person. We already talked Ubisoft, Microsoft, and Bethesda, so I figured now would be a good time to get into Capcom, which, Tony, I know you and I were both really looking forward to seeing what they were going to announce and release. Kind of disappointed in how it ended up. So, uh, uh, yeah. Yeah, let's run those down real quick and then talk about what we were expecting to see. First thing is that uh, Resident Evil Village DLC is in development. Of course, Resident Evil Village was a game that has recently been launched. We were expecting a DLC. No huge news there. Looks like a beautiful game. Again, it's a game we don't have time for. Yeah, it's one of those. Uh, well, in the Resident Evil games, man, they're so cool, but you're better off just waiting a year or two because then the deluxe version's on sale. Capcom is always putting their games out there for dirt cheap. Um he says sometimes you're kind of if you're impatient like me and I'm like, oh, I love that game. And then you buy it and then you're like, uh, why didn't I wait? I mean, you could literally get these games for like 20 bucks in about a year or so. But uh, yeah. it looks cool. Would like to play it. But to be honest with you, um, I've picked up the remasters and remakes of Resident Evil. I've yet to beat any of them because of <laughs> time. Yeah. You know, I usually pick them up because I come across good deals on uh, when they they're just uh it's hard yeah I, well and one piece of resident evil news that was announced that does sound interesting is a online multiplayer experience called resident evil reverse which launches in july 2021 just next month uh we have yet to see a multiplayer resident evil which should be fun you know this is more apt to what you and i are like to play you know we can pick up multiplayer play it for 20 minutes 30 minutes 40 minutes whatever it is put it down again is this something you'll check out tom oh definitely i'll give it a try i mean it doesn't hurt i like the things that i could just do in quick bursts like that don't take up a lot of time um just because there's not a lot of time uh free availability time to go do these things which sucks you know but if you have the time like you the viewer then you'll have to let us know if this is something you guys any of the games we talk about today please let us know below 
if uh, what you're looking forward to, what you liked about E3 and all that stuff. Yep. And then Capcom, one of their big new properties that uh, they've been just promoting the hell out of. Well, alongside a new story trailer, Capcom confirmed that Monster Hunter Stories 2 will be getting a free trial version on June 25th that will contain a save transfer feature to the full game. As for the post-launch support, Monster Hunter Stories 2 will be receiving free updates that include Monster Hunter Rises Palamute as a new Monsty on July 15th. Monsty! Most of those words are, looks like a fun series of games. Again, just don't have time to play it. Yeah, I've never played a Monster Hunter game. I've heard great things about them, but uh, and they get rave reviews, but never played one. Yeah, me neither. And then their final, I guess, big announcement was that uh, the Great Ace Attorney Chronicles shows off new gameplay and features. Very disappointing in what they announced. Uh, This game appeals to me in absolutely no way whatsoever. Tony, you at all? No, I... So here's the thing. Uh, What is that? The Ace... Ace Detective or Ace Attorney, whatever. Ace Ace, the Ace Attorney games. While they are humorous, it's a lot of just reading and and doing detective work and stuff. I bought it on Xbox. They had the one, two, and three or something like that for like five bucks on a Capcom sale. And I was like, yeah, I'll try it for five bucks. Boring. It's not, it's no, it's a snooze fest of a game to me. Like I'm playing it and it's Japanimation style. And then you go to court and then you got to defend your defendant and you got to play out the right story for them to get off the hook. Yeah, dude. No, thanks. No, it's too. Yeah, (laughs) no, it's, it's a pretty, it's a, it's pretty boring. My opinion, not, not my cup of tea, but uh, you know, I, for five bucks, I tried it because it gets good reviews. I always read great things about it, but no, it's not my deal. Yeah. And like you, Tone, I think I was expecting huge news from Capcom, knowing yeah. that a year ago they closed up shop on Street Fighter V, Marvel versus Capcom Infinite. Uh, we haven't seen anything new Mega Man in a while. So I was hoping we'd get maybe a Street Fighter VI announcement or a new Marvel versus Capcom that included X-Men again or some sort, sort of new version of Mega Man. Nothing. Crickets on that. Nothing. Part. Yeah, I was hoping that they were going to announce a ton of songs. I whacked my knee on the table. <laughs> Bam! Uh, yeah, I was hoping for uh, Street Fighter VI. Um, I would love them to bring their fighting games back. Uh, I would love Marvel vs. Capcom 3. I'd love an updated uh, Super Puzzle Fighter. Yeah. That was a fun puzzle game. Uh, they have so many cool properties that they just don't use. A ton of them. They just sit there. They don't do anything with them. Um, Strider could have used a new Strider would have been awesome. There you go. Uh, you know. Even collections. Like I don't like you do one up arcade, you keep releasing these like Capcom generations or something like that. It's, you know, I guess on a plus note, they did really just release Capcom arcade on uh, PlayStation and Xbox. And uh, they a couple weeks ago, ghosts and goblins, ghouls and ghosts, uh, you know. Yeah, they came out on the Switch in February, but then they finally released it on PlayStation Xbox. Those are awesome. I want more stuff like that. Yeah. Give me, I don't care if they're collections, if they're remakes, if they're another entry in an established brand. Like, I would have loved even something as simple as give me a Marvel versus Capcom collection, like, or, uh, or like add Marvel superheroes, X-Men versus street fighter. Give me all the versus games. Yep. They were addictingly fun. And those are games I'll pick up any day of the week, play a couple of rounds and never get sick of it. 
I absolutely agree. Maybe we'll see something down the road, but uh, for E3, it was certainly disappointing. No, it was lame. lame. Now, with about four and a half minutes left in the show, I want to talk about uh, the biggest announcements. The biggest news came from Nintendo. Mm, with the biggest Nintendo. one being The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild 2, which will be released in 2022. In addition to the release window, we also received a few first new looks at the much-anticipated sequel since its announcement at E3 2019. The new trailer sees Link taking to the skies of Hyrule as new floating islands have appeared on the map. We also get a glimpse of some of Link's new weapons and abilities, including a handheld flamethrower and a strange water-style teleport system that allows players to soar upwards through solid objects. Looks amazing. Uh, Again, I, I wish I had time for Breath of the Wild 1. That is a game that I would love to play. Don't have the time, but this looks Do you have it? Amazing. I don't. I don't even have no? it. No? No. I bought it. I've, I've played it. It is a great game. It's beautiful. Controls are fantastic, but it's deep, man. So it's, it's a deep game. And that's why I picked Link's Awakening up because I knew it wasn't as deep. It was yep. a little shorter, but I that didn't even beat have. that one. Yeah. <laughs> and the Zelda games are great. They're fantastic. This looks beautiful. And then you've got uh, Skyward Sword that comes out uh, next month, which is that's a right. remaster of uh, the Nintendo Wii version. Uh, a lot of people didn't play that one because it was gimmicky in mm-hmm. the sense that you needed the control, like uh, the Wiimote to do the hacking and slashing. It'll be interesting one- to see how they translate that to uh, the Switch at this point. Yeah, they're going to give you the option to do the Joy-Cons as that, or you can just do traditional gamepad, which okay. which will make it fun. And then everyone thought they were going to announce uh, Wind Waker and Twilight Princess, um, along with Ocarina of Time, Majora's Mask. We didn't get any of that. My thought is later this year, you'll get what you got with like Mario 3D All-Stars, where you'll get three or four of those classic games maybe upscaled. Mm-hmm. Um, which would be great because Wind Waker was great, uh, cartoony shells, uh, cell shaded. Twilight Princess, I never played. Um, Ocarina of Time was awesome on the 64. I'm sure it doesn't but, hold up today, but yeah. it'd be good to get those as a collection. Now, uh, with just a couple minutes left, the other huge announcement that I'm really excited about is that Metroid Dread, the first truly new 2D Metroid game in roughly 19 years, will be available on Nintendo Switch on October 8th, 2021. Yes. 3D graphics and a 2D perspective and a darker horror vibe, which uh, I know a lot of people were disappointed that we weren't getting uh, Metroid Prime four five the they were yeah they Prime. wanted metroid prime four yeah a lot of people were all mm, it's 2d it's dumb it I looks awesome to me awesome. reminds me of metroid super metroid beautiful definitely one i'm going to be picking up because it's not a huge open world game that i have to uh spend a lot of time exactly playing. well and that's the thing it's metroid's a classic nintendo you know it's uh it's definitely something I'm excited for. And Nintendo just killed it. They have so many great announcements on this thing. Yeah, I wish we had more time. You know, uh, you've got uh, Tekken's yeah. Kazuya Mishima, who's going to be joining Super Smash Brothers. Uh, Mario Party Superstars uh, comes that out. That looks on awesome. 29th. Uh, WarioWare looks fantastic. Yeah, fun. Those games are freaking fun, man. I think the Switch is a great system for it. Yep. Advanced Wars 1 and 2 reboot. Uh, Looking forward to trying that. Never exactly. played them. And then finally, we know that uh, Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy cloud version will be headed to the Switch later this year. Yeah, there's some good stuff. Um, you guys can uh, check it out. Uh, 
they announced all kinds of things. Mario Golf comes out this week. That was a big one. Zelda, Skyward Sword next month. Uh, Sonic Colors, Metro Dread, WarioWare, Super Monkey Ball Collection, Super Mario Party Stars, uh, or sorry, Mario Party Superstars. And then next year, uh, Splatoon 3 was announced, which, meh. <laughs> I don't know about that. Oh, and then the Game & Watch uh, Zelda looks cool, That's too. Right. Zelda 1, 2, it's Link's Awakening. not enough time to get to it all. It's not. No, it's good. But Nintendo killed it at E3. E3 completely sucked. Yep. But Nintendo did a good job. Yep. Folks, that does it for this week's Proton Pack podcast. We'll be back next week with a brand new episode. In the meantime, find us online, Facebook and Instagram at Proton Pack Podcast, and let us know what you're excited for. With that, we'll see you guys all next week. Peace! Hasta la vista, baby. That's it, man. Game over, man. It's game over. Woo! Mommy, where's Fluffy? Goodbye.